Hello and welcome to another episode of the Mavs Film Room Podcast coming to you on Wednesday, June 16th at 8.22 p.m. Today was another very eventful day in the Mavericks franchise as they announced that they are parting ways with Donnie Nelson, the general manager who has been in that position since 2005. He's been with the organization since... 1997, when he was an assistant coach to his father, Don Nelson Sr., and was then the assistant GM of the Mavericks until he took over when Don Nelson left the team in 2005. And this news was extremely shocking because despite the recent reports that we discussed on a previous episode about the recent turmoil in the Mavs front office. I don't think anybody would have ever thought in their wildest dreams that the Mavs would part ways with Donnie Nelson, who is by far the longest serving member in this front office, who was there even before Mark Cuban bought the team. But the impossible has happened. Donnie Nelson is out as the GM. It's unclear as to whether Haralobos Volgaris will have his contract renewed, but we will... Get more details, I'm sure, in the coming days and weeks. The Mavericks are now going to begin a search for their new GM. They've hired a search for him to do that. It's funny that you say he was uh, in 1997, because that's the year you and I were born. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I was, I was going to say, tomorrow will be the first day that we wake up and Donnie Nelson is not with the organization yeah. in our entire life. It's crazy. It, it is crazy to think about it now that you say it. Yeah. Bozzy, you got any thoughts on this? I guess I'm a little sad, you know. Sad that this is the first and only time in my life I'll be able to smoke that Donnie pack. (laughs) (laughs) It is kind of sad, you know. Uh, Donnie Nelson, despite the last three to five to ten years being pretty mediocre under his watch, he has contributed uh, a lot to the franchise and a lot to their success over the years. Famously was part of the team that scouted Dirk Nowitzki back in the late 90s uh, before drafting him in the mid-2010s. I think we all know the story about how he wanted to pick Giannis Antetokounmpo, but Mark Cuban overrided him on that decision, unfortunately. And then most recently, of course, with Luka Doncic and developing that scouting relationship. You know, we saw the reports after the, the news went down that, that Luca was, quote-unquote, upset with the news, and it's been now reported twice that Luka Doncic wasn't actually, like, upset with the franchise that they let go of Donnie Nelson. Rather, he was upset for Donnie Nelson in the sense that he was sad to see him go because Luca and Donnie go way back, even beyond the 2018 draft. I mean, that's what Donnie Nelson has been famous for in his time with the Mavericks is just his international scouting relationships that he's made with players and players' families. And so, you know, while the Mavericks are getting a welcome change of guard in the front office, they are losing a stalwart in the international scouting game. And that will be big shoes to fill for the front office. But it's exciting that we're getting to a new era because I think we can all agree that the results over the past 10 years have not been up to the standard they should be easily not up to the standard that they should be and this was a long time coming we've talked about it endlessly i'm more interested in talking about what happens tomorrow than what happened today 
But yeah, I'll, I'll let Fossil take the reins. Yeah. It's a lot going on here, you know, with not just Donnie, but what the hell is going to happen with Heralbos Fulgaris, and then who's going to replace either of these guys and whatever else is going on. And so how about we just go through the news one by one, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this is undoubtedly the biggest turnover that the front office is going to undergo uh, under Mark Cuban's ownership and maybe even in the entire franchise's history. I don't think there's been this much turmoil in a while. And that's what makes it so surprising. So we know Donnie Nelson is, is out now. I don't know about the people that work under him, what's going to happen to them. But I can imagine, depending on who fills the GM role, that, that could change. Um, Heralibos Volgaris is still under contract with the Mavericks. I saw something today that his contract is actually until October. I'm not sure mm. when exactly it expires, but um, I, I think that the Mavs are probably going to just let him run out his contract because I can imagine that if they are looking externally to fill the, uh, the position, I'm not sure any GM is going to be terribly enthusiastic about knowing that Haralibos is in the front office, always lurking, especially after reading that report by Tim Cato. Yeah, other GMs just aren't going to trust you as much because not only does that person have influence over personnel decisions, they also can go to the media because they know things that other people don't necessarily know. So it, there is a lot of risk there for other GMs. So yes, it makes sense for there to be a lot of turnover. And you said this to end last episode. I was being pessimistic. I'm glad that they moved on from Donnie. I'm glad that it seems like they're going to let Bob Volgaris get through his contract and then kind of bid him adieu. The interesting question is now, how long are you locked into Rick being your coach? And do you yeah. think Rick is going to retire here? Because I see both sides of it, right? If you want to move on from Rick and get a younger coach who's maybe a little more likable to players and could play a little better of a hand in recruiting, then, yeah, if you're going to make that move, you need to start planning for it right now. You need to start informing people like Jamal Mosley that that is your intention and you need the okay from Rick before you do any of that. So we'll see how that goes. Right now it seems like... Rick Carlisle is going to stay as a head coach in Dallas for the remainder of his career. I wouldn't see Mark going against that, especially with all this turnover. It would seem really risky to put this on a rookie head coach after this much turnover in the front office. So this year, I don't see that happening. Mm -hmm. I mean, personally, I'm of the mind that Rick is staying with the Mavericks for as long as he wants. In fact, I bet he retires from coaching before he ever quits or gets fired. So... You know, take that as what you will. Do you think he'll get traded? Yeah. Traded, unless the team he'd be traded to was a team that would give us like a high lottery pick or even a lottery pick at all. I doubt it. And even then, I don't think we'd respect Rick enough to not send him to a team like that. We'd rather send him to a contending team. So exactly. I just, I don't think that's really in the cards, honestly. If Rick gets traded, it'll be to a place that he wants to go. But, I mean, he's now said twice, especially like in the last two days, that he doesn't want to leave Dallas. But, you know, that, that could change, not necessarily on his part, but whoever is going to take over this GM job is not going to come in with their choice of a head coach, which is not as common as we usually see. Usually when 
a GM gets hired, they get their pick as to who they want to be the head coach. And we've seen some negative examples of where the coach is hired before the GM, uh, you know, with the Sacramento Kings back in 2013. I believe Michael Malone was the head coach of that team. And then they hired Pete D'Alessandro a little bit later to be the GM. And and the two of them clashed and eventually it led to Michael Malone's firing a few years later. But I don't think that's going to happen in this case because Rick Carlisle is widely regarded as one of the top coaches in the league, one of the top basketball minds in the game. So I feel like whoever does come in to the GM role is going to respect that. But at the same time, you got to be realistic if you're the new GM because you do see the reports about how Luca and a lot of the other players really love Jamal Mosley and they connect with each other well. And that's obviously super important when it comes to a head coach, no matter how good of a basketball mind the coach is, you always want your star player and your coach to get along and connect well. So that's something that the Mavs are going to have to consider either this year or next year. But I do agree with you, Rohan, that I don't see a coaching change happening immediately. Yeah, I'm glad we're all kind of on the same page there. And I'm glad Fossil's kind of the pragmatic voice here (laughs) where he's not necessarily putting on the GM hat as much. He's thinking like, okay, (laughs) what's most likely to happen? So, yeah. Um, But moving past coaching, I think the really interesting thing here is who you hire because they have a couple of interesting options. One of them is explicitly stated by Mark Stein as Michael Finley, who is vice president of basketball operations right now. Jay, wasn't Donnie president of basketball operations as well as GM? Yeah, Donnie was both uh, president and GM of the Mavs. Michael Finley was the VP of the Mavericks basketball operations. It's important to note that Haralibos Vulgaris, a.k.a. Bob, reports to Michael Finley. So if Michael Finley were to be promoted to the GM position, I wonder if Bob is going to stay in the front office or not. There would be an interesting case to make there since he's a former player and does have his own relationships across the league. Yeah. My hesitance, as much as I love the idea from the continuity perspective and just culture, I also am afraid that that toxicity and that po- that politics that already existed even if you get rid of donnie those factions can still exist in a lot in not in a locker room but in a front office and they may be dormant for a while but they may come up later on when things get really tough so that's something that i would be looking at in making that decision i'm also kind of hesitant looking at what philadelphia did with elton brand to hire a former player who's relatively new to this uh into that position and that's specifically if Mark is looking for both a president of basketball operations and a GM as one person. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see whether the Mavs spread those two positions out or if they're the person that they're looking to hire is going to assume both positions because it, it really is a, it kind of depends on a team-by-team basis, but some organizations have those as two separate positions and others like the Mavs have kind of gone the old way and have consolidated those two roles into one. But I don't know. We'll see. There's a couple other candidates I have in mind, but Fazel, you have any thoughts on, on Finley? Whatever we've heard of him has always been pretty positive, and it just does seem like he is a natural fit in both the organization because obviously with all the past ties he has with everybody. 
but as well as you know being relatable and keeping up with players and not making an ass out of himself basically <laughs> uh whenever he's on tv you know he seems pretty well composed and that's those are all obviously attributes that you'd love in a gm so um or president of basketball operations whatever the term is i'd i'd be truly fully in favor of hiring finley as the gm but again we hired a firm for a reason or i should say the mavericks hired a firm and um, <laughs> wait they didn't ask you to pay for it wait. <laughs> we're not no, we're not no, billionaires they, no. What the fuck? Saudi Arabian money. <laughs> I think I might have. I think I might have paid a uh, hundred million dollars to the wrong person today. I th- I, all right, we might have to end the episode. I got to go check on. I that. think I might have to <laughs> default on my credit card loans. So, uh... <laughs> oh, oh, wait. Do do you hear that, guys? Uh, that that's that's my internet cutting out because my electricity bill wasn't paid. <laughs> <laughs> Might have to take out a reverse mortgage on that house. <laughs> <laughs> Turn that six upside down. It's a nine now. <laughs> Run no! <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think I'd be in favor of, of Finley taking over the GM position just in terms of him being a former player. I think that's super valuable. That's something that Donnie Nelson couldn't claim. Uh, but I guess my concern with that is kind of he's still a relic of the former regime. And if the Mavs truly want to move in a new direction, then it might be more beneficial to hire an external candidate. And speaking of external candidates, there's a couple big names that come to mind. Not sure how realistic or likely either of them are. One of them, of course, is Masai Ujiri, the former executive of the year, who has been with the Toronto Raptors for the last seven years, but his contract is expiring this offseason, and it is still up in the air as to whether he'll return to the Raptors just because... Not only is he looking for money, obviously, but he's looking for a new challenge and a direction that he believes in. And what better challenge than to build around the brightest young star in the NBA in Luka Doncic? I think all of us would love the fit. Masai's great. The question is, does he want to be here? <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> and... There, dude, it goes it goes both ways. The Mavs have no assets, basically. We've talked about this in the next five years. They have very limited assets. So what you're dealing with would have... You're, you're aiming, probably, with the Maasai hire, that Giannis is going to look at that, and if he's frustrated, when it comes time, he might want to be here. Okay. Yeah. That, as well as just recruiting people... But then there also becomes this thing of, are you simply making a move just for that next move? Or are you doing it because you think he's a good fit with what you have? Because it seems like Masai is very independent. He's working on his own initiatives year after year after year. He's a self-starter. He's working with the NBA Africa initiative. Like, obviously, Donnie has been doing his own stuff for years. But I'm not sure whether that move makes sense right now, considering that he's so planted in Toronto and Toronto is that type of international hub. However, here is my counterpoint. If that happens and when the Mavs win a championship after that happens, 
If any security guard does anything close to what happened in Toronto, Mark Cuban will personally decapitate him and put his head on a pike outside of the American <laughs> Airlines Center. Game of Thrones style. Valar Morghulis, bitches. <laughs> I mean, hey, that is a selling point. But I'm glad you mentioned Mark Cuban because I think Mark is kind of the biggest factor in any of these hires. Because especially for a guy like Masai Ujiri, who you mentioned is extremely independent, a self-starter, Mark Cuban is going to have to promise and swear that he's not going to tamper with the basketball operations like he's done during the Donnie Nelson years. That is obviously a huge thing that is that any external hire is going to want, really. You know, so this is really a moment of truth for Mark Cuban. And can he change himself for the better of the franchise and for the better of Luca? and whoever else he brings in to run the basketball operations. Who was the second guy after Masai? Um, second one is Rick Carlisle's former Celtics buddy, Danny Ainge. Oh, I'm not really sure how much Danny Ainge even wants to do this anymore. And personally, I, I don't really... I think Danny Ainge is, has too much of a stained reputation across the league to really be considered um, for this. But I guess we have to throw his name in the ring just by virtue of him existing i mean imagine the pain of 24 years of donnie nelson who was not horrible the entire time but then finally moving past him no Ainge is universally hated across the league by players i would i would stop being a mass head probably (laughs) that'd be awful Yeah. Oh my God. No, I don't think like, that's gonna happen. Fewer <laughs> trades would materialize for the Mavs. And, like I don't know how that's possible, but it would happen. So. I mean, it would be worse than Donnie Nelson. I could tell you that. It definitely would be worse than Donnie Nelson. The only thing that would be good from that, and I don't even mean good, is just that <laughs> after he pisses everybody on the roster off, and you know the Mavs start tanking and demanding. Everybody demands that they want out. He'll be able to trade everybody for some shitty first round picks because, of course, he's not going to be picking anybody good with those picks if they aren't high lotto picks. So, yeah, that's <laughs> that's the greatest part of a Danny Ainge yeah. GM uh, tenure. Also, it's like the inverse of Masai Ujiri because <laughs> Danny Ainge would probably be the one doing the soft bigotry. I'll cut that part out. But <laughs> we all know we all know that. <laughs> Like, the last thing I want is for Danny Ainge to be hired by the Mavericks, and then in five years, we have Mark Cuban allowed, like, openly racist shit to be said in his front (laughs) office. Like, after that point, like, you don't come back from that. He has to sell the team. Listen, you you hear all the jokes about the Mavs being so white and all that stuff. Like, hiring Danny Ainge would (laughs) not help that reputation. Not at all. Which is why (laughs) Masai is the dream hire. If you can get Masai Ujiri on the Mavs, and if Mark Cuban magically is like, Hey, Masai, this is your job. I trust you. You do it. And if he actually does that in practice, and he is able to stop guys from kind of making decisions on their own outside of that it's definitely definitely going to be a good fit but that's a lot of ifs like seeing the dysfunction that we already saw like we when we were talking a couple days ago we said the issue is the way the front office is organized and the way you delegate things right like you have to compartmentalize everybody's jobs 
So in this case, I'm thinking from a management perspective, you got to split the president and GM positions, right? Or at least you, you need to have very specific guidelines for how those roles kind of parallel each other. And if you don't have that, I feel like you're going to run into a lot of the same issues. And if, you, if those structural changes don't exist before you offer Masai the job, I sincerely doubt he comes here. Like, do you honestly think Masai Ujiri wants to come to a front office that has had this much turmoil? I don't think anybody does. Exactly. Unless it's a significant payday or if they're getting a significant amount of control more than they were in their previous position, then I could see it. But yeah, I mean, I think as part of the search, the Mavs have two tasks at hand. One of them, of course, is hiring a new president of basketball operations slash general manager. And the second one is really rehabbing the image of their management because a lot of damage has been done from this report. And, you know, I'm sure that rumblings have been going on in league circles even before the report came out. So we already saw that that executives were confused as to who exactly was running the Mavericks. So that's something that's not going to fly going forward. And it's going to be a big or big thing that they're going to have to fix for the sake of not only who they hire, but for the sake of the health of the franchise and, and the you know, happiness of Luka Doncic going forward. I, I got one more um, candidate for you, and this is a bit of a, a galaxy brain one, but we've seen how much um, Mark Cuban is into analytics and, and AI and whatever the hell else goes along oh, with that stuff God. these days. I think you might know who I'm going to... I'm going to mention right now, but what about Sam Hinkie, the architect of the Philadelphia 76ers process? I'm not sure he wants to even be in basketball right now because yeah. he's like a, a Stanford, like business school professor now. So I, I and, a, and a venture capitalist, so I'm not really sure that's where he wants to go again, but um, I, I could see that happening because, you know, Mark Cuban enjoys his galaxy brain hires and ideas and all that stuff listen listen all i'm gonna say about sam hinky is a venture capitalist on the west coast would love to put four years and get paid millions of dollars to develop a team around a young european superstar okay and work for another person who was the inspiration for a West Coast venture capitalist in Russ Hanneman. <laughs> it, it's like Big Head and Russ Hanneman in a room together. <laughs> but it would be so good. I feel like Sam Hinkie would be so good here. If he wants to be in management, oh my God. Yeah, I mean, the 76ers didn't really let him see the process through fully. They kind of let him go at the cusp of their new era. But I think he deserves a lot of credit for building that team up. So maybe he's got it in him, but we've never seen him manage a team in its prime like, like the Mavericks are. But Sam Hinkie has certainly the pedigree because he was one of Daryl Morey's assistants back in Houston. Yeah, he's newer blood. I think he's, although the Philadelphia situation kind of stained his image and maybe his, you know, thoughts of what an NBA front office would treat him like, I, I don't think he is a bad fit because right now the Mavs have, like I said, very limited assets. He's a guy that can turn very limited assets into just enough. And that's what you need right now. 
right? I, I don't know of anybody else with the track record that could do that that's on the market other than Masai Ujiri. So I would say of the guys that you've mentioned, they're probably at the top of my list. Um, yeah, I think he would be great, but I mean, first of all, he's a capitalist, so F that. <laughs> <laughs> nah, um, seriously, I, I just, I'm not sure, first of all, of course, if he wants to be in basketball, um, you know, he seems like he's got a pretty good thing going on for himself where he is right now. So if I were him, like, I don't know how much I'd want to shake that up. I think the last time he had a job related to sports, he was consulting with NFL teams, right? So that might give you an idea of where he's at. Uh, like, he's was he? I'm, I'm not even sure. Um, but secondly, like, okay, look, Hinky did a great job. I, I mean, the process speaks for itself, but it's just that, the process. He did a great job of rebuilding a bad team, but I don't know how he's going to manage a good team, you know? So, I, I mean, I'm sure, I'd, I'd say it's a pretty good gamble. I think he's proven himself enough to, like, at least be given that chance if he ever said, hey, I want to work for you to Mark Cuban. But, I mean, if there's somebody out there like, um, you know, Masai Ujiri who wants the job, then obviously we'd, all of us would much rather favor him. But I have a question for you guys. If it came down to it, who, who would you guys pick? Uh, Finley or Hinky as the GM? Hmm. Who wants to go first? So here's my caveat. I think when you promote Michael Finley, you gotta you gotta have like a successor in mind. That's the big thing. I I think he would probably be the safer pick. I think you can probably bet on what he'll be able to do being probably better in the next five years. But my thing comes down to rookie president of basketball operations and GM. Like, yes, he's been the VP, which makes me think he'd be suited for the position. But is that simply just too much? Right. And if it is too much, then I don't know. I'd rather want somebody that has been in those positions before as a GM. So. Yeah, if I had to choose, I'd probably go with Finley just because of his, I guess, familiarity with, with this organization. And he's a player. I think that's pretty valuable uh, in a general manager because the Mavs lack that kind of player familiarity with their coach and Rick Carlisle. So at least having someone in the brain trust that is tight with players and can relate to them is probably a valuable asset. So I'd go with Finley. There is somebody else who I, I didn't mention and I just thought about right now. Um, so we talk about Maasai a lot being the dream, but if we can't get Maasai, there's someone else who works for Maasai in Bobby Webster, who's the general manager of the Raptors. Maasai is the president, but Bobby Webster is kind of a rising star in the basketball world. He's only 36 years old and they just signed him to a extension earlier this year, but I'm sure that if the Mavs approached the Raptors asking for permission to interview him, I would think the Raptors would grant the Mavs permission to do so. That I don't know how much really you guys know about him. I don't, yeah. I don't know much about him either, but how long has he been there? So he's been with the Raptors since June of 2017, um, and he was the youngest general manager at the time that he was hired. 
And so he's been there um, through the championship that they won and I'm sure was a key part of building that team with acquiring Kawhi Leonard and the, the pieces around them. So, I mean, you know, he's got that experience. Obviously, we give Masai like the final credit for the Kawhi move, but that entire brain trust deserves a lot of credit because they had a really good team that just could not get over the hump for a very long time. And they made a very risky move that could have panned out very differently if, you know, luck just went the wrong way. And, you know, I, I think fresh blood is a good thing. And there's probably a lot of confidence there, which is also a good thing. But I don't know enough to tell you whether he is above Finn for me. Now that you mentioned yeah. fresh blood... um. I, I do think that Hinky has an edge because he, more than Finley, I think he knows where he can get the adrenochrome. <laughs> <laughs> I think there is something, though, to hiring somebody a bit on the younger end of the age spectrum just because, you know, for we had Donnie Nelson, who is 58 years old. He's been around for a really long time. And perhaps hiring someone that can grow with this current group is there's some value to that because they're probably more willing to take risks and more willing to do what it takes to, to grow the team and, of course, grow their own career and continue to build job security. So and they have hope that, yeah. younger connections as well. I think that's the yeah. bigger thing is when, when you have younger personnel, they have completely different connections than your legacy personnel does because your legacy personnel probably has most connections that were developed before the internet was like a really big scouting tool. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, maybe hiring a 30-year-old might not be a horrible idea. Because <laughs> <laughs> we, we hear so much about how Rick is like, you know, he's 61 and he's obviously a dinosaur compared to the players that he coaches. So, you know, I just hope that they, they go in the right direction when, when it comes to the GM. Not to sound ageist or anything like that, but I no, think no, we can I, all... I love the idea. <laughs> like, it reminds me of uh, the episode in Silicon Valley where Gavin Belson is getting a blood transfusion from, oh, <laughs> from his blood boy. His blood... <laughs> <laughs> it's just that's Donnie Nelson getting a blood transfusion from that's gonna be Mark Bobby Cuban Webster. when he hires like, Mark like Bobby, Cuban Webster Bobby Webster to be the <laughs> <laughs> please make that meme holy shit <laughs> oh god yeah <laughs> okay, right into my veins please <laughs> uh, if we go after <laughs> The Raptors guys, we could always go after Demar. Like that might be a yeah, yeah, like a pairing, I mean, right? They could get Lowry if they sign Masai. All right, guys, that's all we got for you today on this emergency podcast. But as I'm sure t you know, it's been a crazy day in the Mavs universe. The next few weeks and months are going to be nothing short of insane. But we'll be there every step of the way to bring you these podcasts and give you our thoughts on everything that happens. As always, subscribe to our feed on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at Maps Film Room because we're always bringing the fire tweets.
Wait, Fazo. What what the fuck did you just What type of motion? Don't tell me to calm the fuck down. <laughs> uh don't forget to download our podcast and all those platforms too to boost our reach. Absolutely. Thanks guys. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm glad you mentioned that. Please download our podcast and never delete it again. <laughs> we'll buy you a new phone if you run out of space. <laughs> Okay, next one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jay's doing ad libs and shit to yeah, outro the literally, episode. Yeah, literally ad libs, just like punching it in. Mark Cuban, <laughs> buy me a Bugatti. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>